Hey everyone, welcome to the Leadership Locker. My name is Rich Cardona and on this podcast, we dig through the lessons of today's most exceptional leaders to help you break through your barriers. If you're trying to progress your career, if you are trying to accelerate your entrepreneurial journey, which I know you all are, if you're looking to have a smoother transition out of the military because it is incredibly difficult, then you're in the right place. My guests and I are going to give you the tools and the resources to accelerate your curve, help you surge and just crush it. So here we go. All right. Uh, well, here we are for the leadership locker and we have Candace here and I, I gave them your first name, but can you tell us uh, your name and where we are and what you do? Sure. So I'm Candace Gallick and I am the founder and CEO of Bikini Lux and the Karma Honey Project nonprofit, yeah. which is just new this year. Yes. Um, we're just chilling in Miami, having yeah. coffee, having chilling. a good day. How old are you? Because that's obviously going to play a big part into into a little bit more of the conversation. But you are thirty one. Thirty one. Okay. I'll be thirty two in December. Though. Thirty two in December. Mm-hmm. So you have a business that you mentioned, yeah. and that business took off. It's been five years in the making, uh, or not five years in the making, but it's five years old. Yeah. How long is it in the making then? Oh, um, it came to fruition, I guess, uh, fruition. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to yeah. say that word. Yeah. Um, it started maybe just a few months right before that. I okay. had the idea and I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to do it. And here we go. This idea that you had, tell me like the light bulb moment, if there was one and like exactly the first steps you took to just be like, okay, here we go. So I think the moment for me was just, um, I was working for another company and I saw how valuable I was to them and how much money I was making them mm-hmm. and how little I was being paid mm-hmm. and also how little um, safety I felt yep. in that position. Yep. Um, I didn't feel really valued and any time I did something big, nobody ever said thank you. And I was just like, wow, this really sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how do I not be in this situation anymore? So. Um, I decided what I was good at was um, sales, marketing, and customer service. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, I was modeling swimwear for some of my friends' uh, swimwear lines. Mm-hmm. And here in Miami? Here in Miami, mm-hmm. yeah. Because um, they were all just kind of starting out. And I got to see the behind the scenes process of that. And I was like, well, why aren't you guys selling more online? You're doing so great brick and mortar. And that was 2014, so things were just really picking up. Yeah. Um, on social media especially. Yeah. So um, I kind of just decided, I was like, well, I'm really good at selling things. Like, why don't you just let me sell <laughs> your swimwear? Yep. Because, you know, worst case scenario, you make a few thousand dollars off me and best case scenario, it works. Yep. And we just keep on going. Yep. Um, and they're like, I think two or three brands were like, yeah, okay, we can do that. And I was like, great. Now let me figure out how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Like I just, you instinctually felt like you'd be good at it, but you didn't actually like know exactly how you were going to attack it. Yeah, because I didn't, I mean, of course I had like Facebook and Instagram, but like that was it. Yep. There was no like real plan. Yep. So. And on there, sorry to ask, but like for social media, because you have a good social media following, but like you hadn't done paid ads or anything like that. Like you just had you. Yeah. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know anything about really anything. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Yep. Um, But what's so great about that is if you are the type of person who's inquisitive, you can literally learn anything on the internet. Yep. 
Um, so I, I started learning all these different um, social selling platforms that I could put the products on and I... Um, Back then? Yeah. Like, what, what were you dealing with back then then? Like, because now I'm thinking Shopify and all that kind of stuff. What what kind of social yeah. selling? Well, we started the website on Shopify. Oh, okay. But, you know, just having a Shopify site doesn't really bring you any sales. Yep. So it's kind of just a back-end platform. Um, so what I was looking at then, which now doesn't even exist, were places like Polyvore or like um, we used Wanilo or Wanello mm -hmm. and Keep. Those are still around, but they're just not the same. Um, and things like we heart it and where to get it. And basically, if you could put a product on a website and sell it, we were everywhere. Mm -hmm. We is in me, yeah. in my living room. Mm -hmm. I'm a we person, but yeah. it was me in my living room for like 18 hours a day wow. trying to figure it out. Um, but I also still had my job for a while. So hmm. eventually, um, I just decided that I would just quit and focus on it 100%. For you, was there like a certain threshold um, where you're like, if I'm making this much or if I'm even tasting this much success, I know if I go all in, it's going to skyrocket. Uh, or, yeah. what, you know, or were you just like, I'm just completely done anyway, so here we go. It, I'm not that person. I'm always, I would rather have more on my plate than less, I guess. And I don't know if it's a good thing, mm. but I definitely kept my job for longer than I needed to yeah. because I was like, well, this is extra X amount of dollars every month. Like, I don't work very often. Why would I get rid of that? Mm -hmm. And then it was just kind of like, well, that really doesn't even pay for X, Y, Z. So at the end of the day, I just kind of scrapped it. Yep. But even now, I'm constantly looking for new projects and side hustles and things like that just because <laughs> it's so much fun to have a challenge. So. Here you are and you're figuring out the social selling. How did you get people to buy? You know, and what about e-commerce did you have to learn that someone who has no knowledge about e-commerce needs to know? Like is it as simple as I have these shirts sitting in my living room and I'm gonna put it on these and for sale or you know what what intricacies do people need to know about e-commerce so I'll give you an example um, the other night I was talking to my stepdad who's a retired a recently retired police officer mm -hmm. um, and that's the only job he's known his whole life yep. like that is what he's done that's what he likes to do that's who he is as a person mm -hmm. um, so after he retired early earlier than he wanted to mm -hmm. um, he was like, well, what am I going to do with myself now? Mm -hmm. And he's been figuring out all these courses and I was training people <laughs> and all this stuff. But um, I, he came to me the other day and he's like, well, I'm thinking about starting my own business where I train people in some sort of skill. Um, can you make my website? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll be honest with you. I can make your website for you, but that's not going to bring in customers. Yep. Like, what are you going to do to bring in the customers? Yes. And he said, well, I mean, I don't know, like, don't you know somebody that, like, can, like, do, like, ads or something? And I was like, but what are you going to do? Because yeah. <laughs> you can't rely on me to do it. Yeah. you you got to figure it out. So I think the biggest misconception that people have is that they are going to start a business, and they're going to have a website, and they're going to have a social media profile, yep. and then everyone's just going to come running to them. Mm -hmm. um, but that's really not the reality of yeah. the situation. So um, for me, what I did was I started with... Um, social platforms already had an engaged user base of people who were ready to buy or that were interested in buying. Yep. Um, so your target market essentially. Yeah, yeah. It was just easier because I didn't have anyone who knew us. We didn't have any brand awareness. Yep. No one was looking for us. Um, the brands that we had then were still small compared mm -hmm. to the large scale brands that people were really looking for online. So we had to be creative yep. in placing it in, in areas that had 
customers who were searching for those types of products. So I understand all that. Now on the plane over here, I'm looking at uh, Bikini Lux and, and some of the things and I'm like, okay, these are really nice. However, this is Miami, you know, um, there's bikinis everywhere. How did you decide collectively on the unique value proposition and like what's going to be the differentiator that again, like you just said, is going to drive people to be looking for your product that wasn't, you know, really out there? So the great thing about online is that we've never relied on Miami as our target base. Uh, um, even now we don't focus on Miami mm -hmm. just because most of the people who are buying swimsuits here are coming from elsewhere and they're already prepared. Yeah. They already have their bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. I mean there's locals, but like on the beach here it's a very transient area. Mm -hmm. So um, we always focused on, like once we started doing our advertising and things like that, we started focusing based on, you know, household income. and number of times they go on vacations and where they like to vacation and things like that. Um, but I think in the beginning the brands that I had were a great start and really from the get-go I used those brands to leverage myself to bigger brands that people were looking for and they were searching for. I see. So then we just figured out essentially how to promote those brands online in a different way than anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, like what? Yeah, please give me an example. Yeah, so Let's say, for example, um, I want to buy your products and resell them. Um, most of my competitors will then use your brand name to siphon your existing customers to their website, mm. right? Because they're just like, I sell Bikini Lux bikinis. I want people to know I sell Bikini Lux bikinis. I'm going to try to rank for that. I'm going to set up ads for that. So they essentially become your competition online. Interesting. And it, they're rather than you, affiliates. Like, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, because they'll they target your actual business name. Yeah. Um, because they don't know how to do anything different, and it's like the low hanging fruit, mm -hmm. right? So we were just like, we're not going to do that, but we're going to strategically um, set up our product descriptions and the names of our photos and um, our ads to reach people who are looking for things like black designer triangle bikini, and they're going to find you a brand they didn't previously think about or know about because they land on it because we set it up that way. Yep. And that was a valuable proposition to them because they're like, wait, you're going to bring us new eyes onto our brand and not take our existing customers? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. And then that's how we got started. That's what set us apart. I love it. Um, but also we always chose brands that gave back to the community. Mm. So that was what set us apart online from our competitors um, was everyone was selling things but not actually doing any good. I see. So we were like, you listen. You think that matters to people buying bikinis? I mean, like, and that sounds ridiculous to me to ask, but like, I have to ask it. Like, that's going to set you apart? I think that in the beginning, we were one of the few people that did something like that. Um, now it's very common. Yeah. It's like the very easy, like, I give back. Yes. And like, I can't even <laughs> yeah. tell you the number of brands I've consulted. And they're like, well, I'm going to give back 1%. And I'm like, that is just giving back the bare minimum so you can claim that you do something good. Yep. I'm like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. I was like, I spend more than that on my coffee every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, now it's a very common thing. But then I feel like if it was like, oh, I can buy this black triangle bikini here for $100, or I could buy it here for $100 and they give back, Yep. it was something like that. When it comes to e-commerce, what does the overhead look like and what are some costs that a lot of people fail to consider off the bat? There's a lot to it. Yeah. Like for me, for example, when we were buying wholesale in the beginning, um, and then we switched to solely drop shipping mm -hmm. relatively quickly. Um, 
because we had issues with managing that number of inventory and it just sitting there. Yeah. So we switched to drop shipping. Um, but you have to keep in mind, a product, let's say, if I sell it for $100, my, the wholesale cost might be $50. Um, it might be a little higher, a little lower, but immediately that's $50 out of that, that profit that you've made, right? Yeah. And then you have things like your shipping cost, which everybody wants free shipping now. Yeah. You know, they want free return shipping even. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Send me the label, send me everything. Yeah, they're like, what do you mean? You're not going to do it all for me. Yep. Um, you have your employee wages. You have just random things that you won't even think about, like the cost of, of just running your warehouse facility. Like we had um, internet and electric and uh, security systems and employees and insurance yeah. and flood insurance because we didn't realize that our area flooded no until kidding. it flooded yep. Um, yep. there's just like all these random things and it's like well wait and then you have taxes that come out of that as well and it just it really does add up yes so like for a long time I never even paid myself yep. because I was just like well there's only so little like that's left at the end let me exactly. just reinvest it yeah um, and then eventually I was like okay like I'm comfortable enough to actually pay myself but mm -hmm. it took a long time yeah I want to ask about Forbes. Yeah. So you ended up in being, you were on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Mm -hmm. And tell me how that felt and like how that came about. Like was it a phone call, an email, or did someone show up with like a Forbes sign at your house? Oh like, my God, that would well, be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I was exaggerating a little bit, but yeah, tell me about that and, yeah. and congratulations, obviously. Yeah. So. Things were doing really well. We were going, we were getting kind of viral on social media. Um, and then I was like, wait, this Forbes list thing looks really interesting. And I'm nearly 30 years old. So like, if I'm gonna do it, I might as well do it. <laughs> yeah. um, and at that time I had a really big like LinkedIn following and a really engaged following. So I just said, well, hey guys, would you be open to nominating me? Um, here's a, a cheat sheet with all the answers that you need to fill in for me because they're like tricky questions like normal people don't know about you especially some random person on the internet so um, they did that and I asked all my friends family everybody I was like can you nominate me because I've been working really hard and I just really want this um, and they did so long story short I was in Puerto Rico um, on a coffee plantation because my Puerto Rico adventure started way before the bees um, I was on a coffee plantation and there had been a lot of rain the night before and there was mudslides and the roads were washed out and it was just like, okay, well my flight's leaving so we're trying to like navigate down this like really hilly, bumpy terrain and like my GPS isn't working, there's no cell service, um, so I was kind of stressing. And we didn't have any gas, which we didn't realize until we're driving down this mountain. Um, at least so, it's downhill, yeah. I know, at least it's downhill. <laughs> So it was on empty. I was like, how long has it been on empty? We don't, we don't know where we're going. So um, as it's happening, I'm like on my phone, like consistently, like trying to refresh. And a text comes through from my assistant. And she's like, listen, you got this email from Forbes saying that they need you to respond within 24 hours if you're gonna, if you're gonna like, do this thing. And I was like, oh, I don't have any cell service. I don't have any gas. So I started like panicking, going downhill. Um, and we find a gas station that's along the way and we roll up and it's all saran wrapped around the, the gas pumps and she's like, no gas. I was like, I was like, I need to get down to cell service so I can make this happen. And um, she's like, no problem, you know, just put it in neutral and coast. And I'm like, where are we? We've been on E for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, 
okay. And she's like, it's downhill. I'm like, well, how far? And she's like, it's like seven miles. I'm like, it's like, am I going to make my flight? Am I going to be able to get this call done in time? Am I going to like figure this out? Um, so yeah, everything was fine. Coasted down to the gas station, got service. Um, and it was a form or an email or like a short questionnaire I had to fill out and send back to them. And then they flew me out to New York and we did a photo shoot and a video shoot. And that was a lot of fun. So Forbes, you went, you did your shoot, you said it opened some doors. Yeah. Um, tell me about that and like, how much did that propel your business? Um, it propelled the business a lot, mm -hmm. but it also opened doors that I never even knew existed or yep. were an option for me. I love it. Um, I started consulting. I started public speaking. Nice. Um, I spoke at Columbia. Wow. And I was like, wait, I've never even considered this yeah, in my yeah. life. Yep. Um, but now people want to hear from me, so this is great. Um, I started um, consulting for like an ultra luxury hotel, which I was just like, I thought it was a joke, I'll be honest. Yeah. Like at first, I was yeah. like, this is a scam. Someone's trying to kidnap me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. They're like, oh, we have to fly you to Mexico. I'm like, this is not going to go over well. Yeah. And then I realized, I'm like, wait, this is totally legit. I'm like, they actually want me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And that was really cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like those are just some things. I started writing my own business column mm -hmm. for Ink Magazine. That nice. was really nice. Um, I didn't know that. And that came after, after Forbes. It came from the whole LinkedIn thing because I was getting so many views of my articles there. Nice. So that was really neat. Um, but yeah, like there's cool stuff that I just never really considered. I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to do Bikini Lux and this is going to be what I do for the rest of my life and this is my business and this is how I pay my bills. Um, and then everything else happened. And I was like, <laughs> like shiny object syndrome. Like, ooh, yep. I can do this. So that leads into your nonprofit, yeah. um, which is, and I believe it's Karma Honey Project? Yeah, okay. Karma Honey yeah. Project. Let's talk about it. Um, it's really cool. So it's based in Puerto Rico. Yep. And what we do is there's a really specific type of bee there that's super resilient <laughs> and hardy compared to the US bee. It's mm -hmm. like kick ass bee. Um, <laughs> And no one was really paying any attention to it. Mm -hmm. And after Hurricane Maria, the agriculture sector kind of got wiped out. Yeah. The bees went right along with it. Um, there's a couple of scientists and, and biologists and things like that who are interested in that specific type of bee for yeah. their capability of, you know, kind of replacing the really kind of weak bees that we have currently. Yeah. So, um, I had already been on the island and been touring around all these different farms just for fun and then started circling back and talking to them about this bee and they're like, yeah, we need bees. We need bees for all of our pollination, for our crops. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get some money together and get some hives and we're going to rescue bees from places where people want to get rid of them and we're yep. just going to move them to hmm. your farm. Um, and that started working really well. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, every farmer is just like, like we have no shortage of people that are asking for bees. Yeah. Like everybody's like, yeah, I want that. Huh. And it's just like, well, we need to find the resources to remove them. We need to get the money to buy all the, the products we need. And then someone has to maintain it. Because the farmers are like, yeah, like some are like, yeah, I want to do it myself. And then other ones are like, no, you got to figure that out. I'm just going to worry about my crops. So now it's like, okay, well, we need somebody to go around and check on them and make sure they're healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, so it's been a fun process. And that started in February of 2019. Yeah. yeah. And we right had talked now, right before 
I think you really kicked into it. Yeah, it's it's just it's mind blowing, honestly. Like mm-hmm. how many people are interested, and then what we've done so far, and the opportunities for funding that are kind of coming out of the woodwork now. Wow, um, it's really exciting. Before we started rolling, you talked about uh, wanting to give back, and it was important to you to give back in your own capacity, which is what led you to this. Yeah. What are your thoughts on entrepreneurship? You know, everyone always talks about certain jobs as like a stepping stone. Do you think entrepreneurship is a stepping stone for you to other opportunities? You know, like you, we were kind of talking about, like getting distracted and all these ideas. Do you think it makes those ideas actually possible now? Well, I think that you learn from every experience, right? So, um, well, when I got into the nonprofit, I didn't know anything about nonprofits yes, or, monster, yeah. or how to ask people for money and not give them product in exchange. Yes. Um, I did understand marketing and I understood sales, which are a big part of it because you have to sell someone on why it's valid and why it matters and where their money's going to. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I mean, there's also things that I've opened up where like other people have asked me to be on boards of their nonprofits, mm-hmm. and that was just something that you know, with my experience now that I have, is more comfortable for me. Yeah. So. You learn a little something from everything, and now I feel differently about Bikini Lux being my like end-all, be-all. Yeah. Just like, wait, there's so many more opportunities. Exactly. So it's definitely, um, it's kind of scary because it's just like, well, I'm not really sure where I'm going to end up, mm-hmm. but I do know that I'm skilled in these areas and I always land on my feet. Yep. So whatever it is, I know that I'm going to have a great time doing it. I'm going to learn a lot in the process. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a difference in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of just adding to this like life resume of jobs and experiences and opportunities. Well, thank you for being on the Leadership Locker. Uh, I, I absolutely know that people will get uh, a lot of value out of it. And we appreciate everything you've been doing and wish you the best of luck. So thank you, thank for, you. for coming on. It's a pleasure. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Leadership Locker. For more about us, how we can serve you, and for other episodes, please visit richcardonamedia.com backslash podcast. If you liked this episode a lot or little, please don't forget to subscribe so that way my guests and I can continue to deliver some heat and get you the knowledge that you want. Don't miss an episode. Please join our Facebook group so you get much more exclusive content. Take care.